Yeah, me too. So, hey everybody, it is Shalea For Real on the Shalea For Real podcast, and I'm here with Michael from Charlotte's Web. Yep. He is a marketing consultant, a music manager, and all things, what, content and placement. Tell yeah. us what you do. Uh, I'm a storyteller. I just... In- enjoy telling stories i enjoy watching and learning about people's stories and i enjoy helping people tell their own stories i love that so you guys i wanted to have mike on my first podcast because i'm trying to get him to tell my story and help me out yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) um because i do i love what you do i feel like you're very educated when it comes to social media and um like how people are perceived personal branding and things like that. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm, I'm working on with my podcast yeah. and um, just presenting it in a way that I'm able to convey the message that I want to put out there, which is how I balance entrepreneurship, motherhood and spirituality, which are all, you know, really important for me. Mm-hmm. And it's like what my life is based around. Um, so I'm curious, like mm -hmm. what made you want to start, uh, this podcast? Like what's the one, like what was the meaning behind the name of it? And like, what made you want to start it and and, and go this direction? Yeah. Thank you for asking that. Yeah. Um, and which is another reason why I had him on my first podcast, because he's going to be able to ask me some questions to help the listeners better. But I really want to understand me too. I truly want to know. You want to know. Right. Um, so what made me, first of all, the name, yeah. it's my name. Yeah. Uh, it started out my social media handle, Shalea for real. It's not OG Shay? It's not. I mean, it is OG, <laughs> OG That's Shay. my nickname. <laughs> okay. No, because I've seen it in your contact. <laughs> right, like, right, right. Suggested name on the iPhone. I know. And so I've been like, trying OG to change Shay? that. Like, no. That's hard, though. OG Shay. It's my Jesus year. I'm 33. Okay. No shame. I love it. Growing wiser. Um, but so I just, I thought that was great for a podcast name because mm-hmm. it's like Shalea for real, you know, for real. We're yeah. getting into real talk about all things, you know, um, and yeah, so I felt like that was just fitting to get real and raw with the listeners. Uh, what do you hope to accomplish, you know, with the podcast? Like, are you looking to interview different people? Or are you trying to just spread the message of your entrepreneurship and your journey with you know, Christianity, like, that's one of the things that kind of, like, made me start thinking about your journey was, like, I'm, I was seeing things that you were posting and talking about that I haven't seen at scale that was, although, you know, I'm not heavily religious, I found super intriguing as a consumer. Oh, nice. Um, so I, I'm just curious, like, is that some of the messaging you're trying to get across with your journey and being, like, in a relationship and, like, being an entrepreneur and, like, et cetera? For sure, for sure. It's it's definitely authentic to me. It's who I am. Yeah. Um, and I do want to spread that message. I feel like, you know, um, there's a lot of lifestyle, you know, content creators. And, there, and I'm just being introduced myself to, like, the Christian community and mm-hmm. Christian content creators and stuff like that. Um, it's new for me because it just wasn't on my radar until I really started – to look for it after going through my own um, kind of spiritual, you know, journey and everything like that. So it does exist. Originally, when I set out to do this, it didn't feel like it existed. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it definitely 
didn't exist within my ecosystem of things that I was paying attention to, you know what I mean? And like my community of people, Mm -hmm. um, it's like, we'll have those private conversations when it comes to spirituality and stuff like that. But nobody was really talking about it at scale. Like you said, like on social media and being real authentic about what that looks like and going through, you know, spiritual warfare and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Cause that's just like, really deep and I I feel like some people shy away from that because they feel like it's not what people want to log on to social media and hear about Mm. you know but the Lord has definitely placed it on my heart to be an advocate you know for him and to wake people up particularly people who don't tend to search for this type of content and um, you know just bring it to the forefront with being someone like me who typically was just into kind of partying and um, dressing sexy and, you know, like um, leading with my body, just Mm -hmm. being real, you know what I mean? Posting certain type of pictures. So I got certain eyeballs on me, which aren't people, again, who would typically look for Christian content. And I'm able to now switch my platform into that. So it's all for his glory. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, I, I found that important. We're trying to save souls. <laughs> I think uh that's incredible. Uh, the funny thing is I think we have similar missions, just uh different lens. You said something that was so intriguing. You said uh spiritual uh warfare yes. and you said uh these private conversations but you don't see it at scale. Um, on these digital platforms, um, for me, uh, I feel like I'm in a cultural war, a cultural warfare mm-hmm. um, over our community, what influences our community on digital platforms. And I know a lot of good work gets done um, within these back rooms and having these private conversations. But I think that the spiritual war or the cultural war um, for our community is being waged at scale on digital platforms. So do you consider yourself Absolutely. a warrior, a spiritual warrior when you are delivering this messaging on digital platforms? And then what are the dangers of being a spiritual warrior on digital platforms? Have you considered that or thought about that? I love that. And yes, I have. I have considered it um, in the scope of like possibly opening myself up to more spiritual attacks or people praying against me because that's a real thing. You know what I mean? So when you're letting it be known what you're really dealing with in private um, and the mission that you're on, there are people who, you know, there's witches and warlocks and stuff that are out here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I used to play in that realm, you know, when it came to, you know, rituals and, um, you know, uh, stone healing and stuff like that and calling upon our ancestor and, and conjuring up different spirits. Right. So I already know what that's like. I've dealt in that spiritual realm, which is why I know the Lord is quickening me when it comes down to Christianity and gaining a biblical understanding because I already have an understanding of the spirit realm. So I know how people can pray upon you. I know how people can cast spells on you and speak ill of you. That's why, you know, in my prayer, I, I tell God to send all, you know, any evil words spoken against me back mm-hmm. to the person who spoke it and it's really important to do that and that's why on this journey you know gaining the language um the biblical language and taking up the armor of god which is the word of god yeah um that's how we fight it because we have to know what what we're up against when it comes to our enemy yeah. um 
his tactics and how we are to fight it. You know what I mean? And having that language and knowing how to pray um, and just, you know, all of that. So those, those are the uh, kind of implications that can be. But once you're a prayer warrior and you know how to deal with this stuff, it's nothing. You okay. know what I mean? Really, you just got to stay the course um, and understand when things are coming um, at you, who it's coming from, and then just counteract it just with your spiritual knowledge and the help of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely understand that. And I, I think your points was very intriguing when you started talking about, you know, warfare and then what comes with that on, on pl- opening yourself up to attacks but believing that you're doing God's worth. I loved how you said uh, uh, um, spiritual armor yes. in this war, and that's the word of God. Yes. Um, I think my, my question is, as you... And I know I'm asking. I'm just so interested and intrigued. No, I love this. I think yeah. this is great for our first, first yeah. podcast episode. Yeah. I love this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as I think about this, uh, you said that you're familiar with warlocks and witchcraft and crystals. And mm-hmm. as someone who's learned more about that world when it comes to crystals, um, I think you know, do you, so what is the other side of that? Like, is it Christianity? Is there validity in what they do on that side as far as being, you know, witches and warlocks and the things that they say and do? Is there strength in what they do? Can can those be considered real attacks? I guess what I'm asking is, do people who practice that, do they tap into the same power that Christians or people who uh, worship God can do, and is it, a, is it a constant battle? Is it a real threat? Oh my goodness! I mean, I'm, I, this is—I really want to know this. You though. are amazing. <laughs> I, that is a beautiful question. Okay. I love that question. And also, guys, this is amazing for the first show because, first of all, me going out of that into Christianity, this is this is perfect because this is what I'm all about, which is why I want to spread the word of God and counteract what's going on because I'm sure you see and a lot of other people see how um they call they're calling it new age it's really not new age because it's old school Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um but it's on the rise and and what people are doing yeah it's trending right so but people are seeking a higher understanding and i get it so to your question it's very empowering very and it does work and through my journey with it I believed in it so much because of what it was strengthening me Mm -hmm. and it gave me a confidence that I've never known and it led me to be fearless it led me into entrepreneurship it Mm -hmm. kept me you know, in entrepreneurship and just believing that I can manifest and do anything that I wanted to do and speak over my life in a way. Um, And it was very, in in the Bible, they call it ideology, right? Mm. Which is a sin because it's making you your own idol, right? And it's saying that I am a God. And Mm -hmm. some people in that work will say that, you know, and I do, I understand it. You know, it's never going to be attacked against that community because I was a part of it. And there was times where there were people in the Christian community trying to speak to me about it and I couldn't hear it. My ears were death. Right. So I think my voice is definitely important because I understand where those people are and there's nobody who can attack me and say, Oh, well, Christianity is this, this and that because 
I had an encounter with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it literally, he pulled me up out of that. And the Holy Spirit literally revealed everything to me of why that was wrong. But to your point, I think people have this image of the enemy, the devil, like he's this monster and he's mean and stuff. He blesses people too, you know, and he keeps you in the game too. You know what I'm saying? So there's times where, um, you know, people are being in power and they feel like their best selves and we're calling it self care. Um, because yes, it does work and it does give you a, a, a power and this, this feeling of that you do have peace. But if you really do take inventory, you still battle a lot of things at the core. And that's what I had noticed that even though I had did a lot of healing, you know, I did childhood, you know, um, uh, what do they call it? Um, I can't think of it right now. But uh, reflection work, you know, I, I healed all of my inner wounds, right? Mm-hmm. And, but somehow I just, I didn't have the peace that I felt like I should have really had. Like I was still battling. Yeah. But that's because, you know, y- y- there's still that spiritual warfare going on. The devil's still fighting for your soul, all this stuff. And then, um, and I know this is getting deep. but no, that's fine. And how I, you know, with now it makes sense to me that the Lord had a purpose for my life. So there was always this tug of war. So he wasn't really letting me get, super duper fulfilled in that mm-hmm. right i really found the peace that i was seeking in that work through jesus christ because it's this surrenderance of i don't really have to have all the answers yep you know what i mean like he has the answers and i trust him because i feel like still you know we can only trust ourselves so much because mm-hmm. we do still second guess our our abilities and this is not but when you know who you are in Christ, oh my God, it's just, it's totally next level. So I feel like that work was kind of like the beginning of now uh, what Christianity is doing for me and my life in Christ is taking me all the way. Um, so to that point, it, it can be empowering. It was empowering. It is a good feeling. It, it, it feels like it's all goodness. Um, but what's happening and, and I didn't feel like I was taking God out of it either. Yeah. So I'll speak to that because there's some people that, that's going to say, like, I still believe in God, this is that, but you're playing in a whole nother realm. And if you're not in your studies and if you're not in scripture, which I wasn't, so I would say, oh, I believe in God, but I didn't know what God said. You know, I didn't know what he said about any of this stuff. Yeah. And once I found out, I knew, and he was revealing different things to me about this, like I said, again, the spirits that I was conjuring up, um, the spirit realm that I was dealing with without having the knowledge of him Mm. so that's why it's dangerous because at that point you don't even know how to fight it you know from a biblical standpoint because you have no idea about it you're just dealing in this spirit world and you're dealing with these crystals and it's peace 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 but you're not even speaking the words that we need to you know you're not taking up the armor of god in your attack so yeah that was a lot. No, no, because I, I, somebody's out there going to understand everything I'm saying. No, I, I understand it. Uh, I understand it. I, I just had, as you're speaking, I'm just thinking, I guess selfishly, I know this is about the viewers. I'm just thinking selfishly. Um, I consider myself with some of the things that I do in my life, I can only explain it as manifestation into a, an extreme magic when you can 
think of something and then it happens in the real world oh over my time. God, yes, I love that. Um, I never like dabbled in any um, studies or, you know, I've dabbled in crystals, but never like really dabbled. So I don't want to offend anyone who really does that. Yeah. But I, it is magical when you believe in manifestation. And then as a leader, a man and leader of my family into the next generation, I'd be feeling like I need all the answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, to that point, how difficult it is, is it for you to just trust in God and realize you don't need all the answers and let him guide you? Personally, I want to know. Yeah. What was that process like for you? Well, my I feel like my situation was a little unique. Yeah. Um, just because uh, if you have read the Bible, you know, um, saw in the Bible, they, you know, on the road to Damascus where he was going around persecuting Christians, he was going to plan to kill them, imprison them, all this stuff. He hated what they stood for. Um, and Jesus came to him on the road to Damascus. So I say I had a road to Damascus experience. Now Saul turned into Paul from that experience because when Jesus came to him, he said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right. And, um, and he struck him blind. So, uh, you know, a lot happened, but after he, you know, he went blind and once the scales fell from his eyes, he was an advocate for Christ. And, Pretty much, um, a lot of people don't know, Paul is the only other person in the Bible besides Jesus who actually rose someone up from the dead. I didn't know that. Um, Yeah, he pretty much formed Christianity. So um, what happened is he went on this missionary, and, and at first people were scared because it was like, wait a minute, this is this guy who was killing us. I mean, he was stoning people. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it was just kind of miraculous what he went through. And he wasn't seeking it. He wasn't seeking it at all. Jesus came to him. And even the guy that God, um, Jesus chose to uh, take him the rest of the way to Damascus because he was blind until he got there, um, the guy, Ananias, he said, Jesus, but this is the guy who's persecuting the Christians. And Jesus said, this is who I choose to carry out my message. This is who I choose. That's powerful. So, right. So, uh, for me, I wasn't seeking it. I was kind of like saw, you know, I was pretty much minding my business. He came to me. I had my encounter during actually a ritual. (laughs) Um, so during a full moon, a very powerful full moon in March, um, I, was doing my bath. I had my sea salts that I got from Hawaii and all my crystals, some of them that I had for 10 years. Um, and I, I did some powerful work. I've encountered spirits during that whole thing. Um, so during this particular night in March, just a few months ago, um, I remember being in the bath and, you know, I'm doing my work and it would take me about like 40 minutes before the spirit started speaking through me and, and doing whatever work needed to be done and, you know, helping me. That's a long time in the bathtub. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it would be crazy. Life changing. Yeah. Um, it was wow. I can do many stories on that and I will share some. Yeah. Um, but I remember nothing actually happening that night. Right. And so I was like ready. I'm like, okay, this is. <laughs> This never happened, you know? And as I was uh, getting up, the Spirit told me, you don't have to be nothing. You don't have to do nothing. Just just be, mm-hmm. you know, just be. Like, And I felt that 
was so powerful to me because I had spent years trying to learn and relearn, just trying to get it right and all these things. And there was always a message, always a message. And this night, the message was like, you're good. Just be right. So I was like, yeah, just be. And so I took my journal because this is part of my ritual. After I get off the bath, I'll take my crystals from the bath. And we're supposed to charge the crystals under the moon. Everybody know that. I'm not into it no more, but this yeah. was a thing. And so I went on to the balcony, and I took my crystals out there, and I took my journal. And I remember the, the sky was so bright with stars, and the moon was huge, and it was just amplified. And I started journaling. And I'll tell you this. I used to always say God, 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 but I never referred to Jesus. So when I was journaling, I, my pen just started going crazy as if I wasn't even the one writing it. And I was like, Jesus, I surrender my life to you because that coming from the bath and it's just like, just be, I, at that point I was in a state of surrenderance. Like I didn't want to try no more. I didn't want to do all the work that I was doing all these years. You know, I just got to a point of, surrenderance and to me that was just a whole Jesus encounter because me writing that and that night under the moon I surrendered my life to Christ and I mean it's just history from there man that sounds powerful yeah that's incredible mm-hmm. as I you know as a person that been through like a lot of trauma and a lot you know I lost uh, my entire family in a car accident mm. and um you know, I think about, you know, of course, learning more about your family and the things that you've, you guys have gone through. Yeah. Um, and you've lost your sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we think about when you were coming from the place of, of rich craft and, and those studies and how you dealt with that trauma during that process versus this new journey that you're yeah. in with Christianity, how was it dealing with, with that trauma from your past with in, in that ecosystem versus dealing with trauma and obstacles in the present with this ecosystem, what are the effects of, of those different things and those different approaches? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I was 17 when my sister uh, passed away and it was sex, drugs. That's how I dealt. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just trying Temporary to fixes. the pain. Um, if anybody knew me during that time, I was like, a mess. You know what I mean? I just wanted to be drunk, be high, date different guys, get mm-hmm. what I can get. It was a very demonic. <laughs> um, so during that time, it was more suppressing, suppressing. You know, I didn't deal with it. I didn't know how to deal with it. I was 17. You know, yeah. I was a teenager. Um, and so, and then there was different experiences that I went through that just kind of helped build me up and I was noticing spiritual warfare even at that time, but mm. I didn't know w- how to deal with it, what it was, whatever. So I just continued to suppress. Um, fast forward when uh, Leon had went through his situation and got shot. Actually, and for those th- who don't know who Leon is, oh yeah, yeah, Leon for one of your clients. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's my little brother. So my mom had three kids. Me, my sister, my brother. So I'm the older, oldest of them two. Mm-hmm. The youngest passed away. Fast forward, the middle, my brother, Leon, um, was shot and paralyzed, uh, ultimately. But I was living in Baltimore at the time when we got the news. Um, 
you know, and if you know the story, of course, we wasn't able to see him initially because he was over her age. So nobody contacted the family, this and that. So we had to like go to court to see him and do all this stuff. But even before then, um, I remember my mom and my dad just looking for him cause he didn't come home and it was unusual for him. He, he was staying with my dad and, um, long story short, they end up finding his car in a pound and then the news had reported how you know a young man was shot by the police because he drugged the police officer you know how that story because they they really was banking on him dying yeah so after losing my sister and then now being far away from home in baltimore and having this news without any other information i kind of went numb i didn't even cry originally because i was so afraid of losing another sibling it was always us three you mm -hmm. know and it, here I am my mom's kid and I was the wildest one so with that part I dealt with a lot of guilt um because I used to feel like dang why is you know my sister passed away now this happened to my brother later on we learned that he did survive but mm -hmm. then he was paralyzed which was traumatic and Still tragic yeah so oh my god I mean it was just trauma after trauma and um, a couple of months after he got shot, I found out I was pregnant with my son. Mm. So that's when I really kind of went now on a journey of trying to be better, trying to stop suppressing. Yep. You know what I mean? So I did turn my life around at that point. Um, and then, I mean, it was just a lot of ups and downs and stuff like that. But it, it went from suppressing to like, okay, now I'm older this happened now to another sibling, you know, there's a whole nother situation. Now I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. Let me stop suppressing and try to deal with that. And when I did try to start to deal with it, I almost went crazy. You know, I spent time in Mercy Behavioral Health. I went through suicidal thoughts. Um, at the time, we they kind of diagnosed it as just po postpartum depression. But now that I look back, I'm like, yeah, it may have been postpartum depression, but that was a time where I wanted to feel. And I wanted to fix me because I was a mom now, so I wanted to be better. Mm -hmm. So it was, I was feeling everything. So I think I just kind of hit a breaking point where it was just like, Yo, you went through a lot. Yeah. And, like, you're not suppressing no more. And now you got this kid. Like, what are you going to do? And that's when the real journey began. It's incredible. And I, I, when you look at that now from this new journey you've taken, yeah. like, how do you review some of those traumas and the lessons you learned from them? Yes. Yeah, so now in the mind that I'm in um, now and all the work that I've done, all the healing that I've done, um, and just trusting, you know, that God has a divine purpose. I just, I'm really grateful, you know, I'm grateful. I am, you know, I just have a better understanding that if God had that in the cards, then it's okay. It's okay. You know what I mean? I look That's at Leon. It is tough. It's very tough. That's it's tough. very tough. It <laughs> is. It's very tough. Yeah. But like for my sister, for instance, right? I feel like, and, and as crazy as it may sound like, and Leon talked to this about thinking of her when he was laying on the ground, right? So I feel like she speared him. Right. And then him and what he went through, like when I was in Mercy she Behavioral Health, it's crazy. It sounds crazy, but in a sense, it's like there's sacrifices. And when you learn and you read the Bible, there are 
people that have been sacrificed and yeah. things that have been sacrificed. I mean, Jesus was sacrificed. Yeah. You know, he was sent to be sacrificed. Um, and so just trying to make sense of that and say, like, wow, these things kind of added up. And because of this, this was able to happen. And because of this, this was able to happen, you know. And um, for me, particularly, like, all that shaped me and and – gave me more strength because even with Leon like watching him pull himself up as a young 19 year old becoming paralyzed and I remember the first car he drove with his sticks was my car I had a Lexus <laughs> so I mean I didn't really want to drive it but here it is my brother is paralyzed and he's so you know he's eager to want to learn and I was proud of that I was like yeah you could drive my car you know what I mean I was like please don't crash my car but I let him you know and it was just so inspiring to watch him at such a young age pull himself up and say bro I'm not just gonna lay here and die yep. and just you know what I mean so that gave me strength and and then um you know, a couple of years after while he was still going through physical therapy and things like that is when I was hospitalized in Mercy Behavioral Health. And again, I felt bad because I'm like, here it is. I'm trying to commit suicide. I want to die. I'm laying up in the hospital. My brother rolls up in the hospital in a wheelchair and tells me you can't fall off the floor. That's dope. This is somebody who is, look what he's dealing with. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm dealing with mental anguish and me, like a warfare and a struggle of like almost survivor's remorse too and just so many things. And him who doesn't have his ability to walk was able to support me in that moment. It's crazy. Leon does that. You know what I mean? Yeah, he does. Do so that. it was almost like two, now him going through that. So I just look at it, I'm like, wow. God, I don't always understand it, but if this wasn't for this and this wasn't for this, I wouldn't have the strength that I have. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, so I, I just try to look at it on the bright side and say, like, if it happened, it must have been meant to be. Try to look at the good, remember the good memories, the good times, you know, that we had and just cherish the memory like that instead of, you know, just being down and out and sad. I think we all have the choice of our perspective or how I will look at things. So we can look out. There was a meme one time I seen, and it was like a bus, and there was a sunny side. They were going up a mountain, so mm -hmm. you could sit on the sunny side and look out, you know, over and see all the meadows and the sun yep. shining, or you can look at the mountain with all the dirt where it's gloomy and all this stuff. What side are you choosing to sit on? Yep, exactly. You know what I mean? Because... Life is going to life. People are going to die. We don't have nobody forever. Yes, some things happen tragically and it's sad, mm -hmm. but it's not ours. It's not ours. You know what I mean? Their lives are not ours. As long as we have another day, we have to show up for ourselves and try to sit on the sunny side of the bus. <laughs> That's a great. I love how you said that yeah. and, and wrap that up. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's an incredible perspective. Uh, one of the things that resonated with me is um, your transition from after your sister died to the person you are now and how that journey was essential. Um, as someone who had um, a tumultuous uh, past, as you would say, a messy past, one of the things that I never liked about the Christian community was how judgy I felt like they come off. Um, 
and trying to hold me to the person that they think that I was or that I am and not hold me to the person that I'm growing to be. Um, as someone from your own perspective who felt like your past wasn't, quote unquote, in that ecosystem that you live in now, um, how do you communicate that to other people that maybe want to become you know, Christian or maybe want to dive into that ecosystem, but they feel like their past is, is holding them back or people are going to judge them for who they once were? The bottom line is it's not about anyone but you and Christ. Mm. <laughs> That's it. You know, your pre- preacher is not God, um, and people are not God. So knowing what God says about you, mm-hmm. how God, how it says that once we are in Christ, we are created new. We are a new creature. Behold, a new thing has come. So we have to hang on to the word of God and at every turn, remind yourself, who does God say I am? Mm-hmm. You know, because even now, it's not that I don't have struggles. Sometimes people say things, especially now me doing a 360 almost overnight because of the type of experience I had where God quickened me. Yeah. Um, You know, some people feel like, is this real? Whatever. You know, I've had things said to me like, oh, you know, you sure know how to market yourself. You're trying, you know, and it's just like. You know, but, I get it though. Right. But it doesn't bother me because I know who I am. That's all that matters. And I know who God says I am. Mm-hmm. So that's the advice that I would give. You can't set out, you ain't pleasing nobody. As long as you know that you are pleasing God and as long as you are pleased, you know, that's all that matters. And you'll find your tribe. If it's one person, two person, you know, two people, whatever, it doesn't have to be a whole church. You know, I don't even, I'm, See, I'm not religious, right? Mm -hmm. So when you say the Christian ecosystem and stuff like this, I'm Holy Spirit led. Mm. I get my teachings from the Holy Spirit, which is the most authentic way to do it. It's me and God. There we go. Yes, I do go to church. I love it, right? I like to be connected to the body of Christ. I like to get that perspective. I like to be in fellowship. I'm glad that the Lord is sending me people to fellowship with different women in Christ. Um, that we just connect on such an authentic level because we have the same interests in Christ, and it's so genuine. You know what I mean? At least now, right? I haven't ran into anything yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but even if I do, that is okay because I know Who you me. Are. So that's all that matters. You got to have your relationship with Christ, not worry about what the church is doing because it can yeah. people get turned off like, oh, this why well, I don't want to go to church because this is not. Well, who are you going to church for? Not going for them. Who are you going to church for? Right. You know, you should be going when you go and you sit down in that pew. You should start to call on the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit, what do he want you to get out of today? Call him into so you could start to be built up. Mm-hmm. And it's about you still in the body of Christ inside of this congregation. It's still about you and God. Because while all this is going on, you, I, I have my own relationship and my own conversations with God, even in the midst of all that. Because I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit, thank you. Oh, let's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What do you want me to get? Come over me, you know? And that's what it's about. And I think people do miss that a lot of times. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rob, I think she about to you about to save me, not you saving me here on this podcast. Amen. That's you converting me. <laughs> Girl, that's I crazy. love that. Yeah. I love that. So let me ask you a question though. I know um 
with I, I didn't know that you lost your whole family yeah. in a car accident. Um, so how are you dealing with that? And how long ago was that? Uh, I don't want to say uh, eight nine years ago. Eight nine years ago. Yeah, I lost. I was uh, actually me and my ex girlfriend uh, and my daughter were going to move to uh, uh, Houston. I was going to go to Texas A and M. Um, so we was going to drive to my sister's wedding in Columbus. My mom. My stepdad and their son were leaving Houston and driving to Columbus. Um, and so we got to Columbus. And long story short, you know, she's not answering the phone. We found out that they got into a car accident. Um, yeah, car, like, truck hit them, car exploded on impact. So during my sister's wedding, you know, uh, it, was a, it was a crazy moment. I'm sure. And then, uh, it's, it's a, of course, I can't raise my daughter anymore because I was going to move down there. So I just took my daughter back to Pittsburgh and told her I was going to be back for her. And then just had to figure out my life. So how I dealt with that was uh, I've, I got my master's. Like, I finished what I wanted to do. I got my master's at Westchester. And then I just dove into work. And then that turned into, like, me earning a lot of money. And that turned into uh, the mess, like, women and traveling and, like, cars and, like, uh, just doing what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it. And then, it, I, I, you know, a lot of success as well. Uh, but like you said, I felt empty. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so just f- doing a bunch of self-work um, to try and find, like, what really my purpose was in life. Right. But I, I actually come from the church. My mom was a pastor, so. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, she was a pastor. So I used to Michael. be like young Michael, young Michael singing in front of the choir Shut and dancing. Up. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, my whole fam, my whole mother's side of the family, like my uncle's still a pastor. Like they heavy Greensburg, Mount Pleasant, like they from the country. So like really um, heavy, heavy in the church. So do you feel like you turned away from God at that point? Um, I think, I think I never turned away from God. I just turned away from the institution, the religious institution. Mm -hmm. But I think as I got older, I became closer. And like you said, just started having my own conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, you know, I also think, uh, that I try my best to like, I'm not just going to say, uh, God is here. Like, I'm okay because I have God. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lay in bed all day and be like, oh, the bill's going to get paid because, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'll just be on some, like, you know, I, I got to build the best type of situation to make sure that I receive those blessings. And you should. Yeah. Faith without work is dead. There we go. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Please. I wish somebody would lay in the bed all day and think they bill's going to get paid. That ain't how that it works. That's not how it goes. <laughs> no, no, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, this, I guess this leads me to my next question as someone who runs his own business and tries to, like, you know, make the best possible business decisions for progression and success and and um, financial growth, balancing, you know, morality, mm-hmm. right? You're balancing um, just, you know, your faith and the things that you've learned. Um, how do you do that as a, as an entrepreneur? How do I do that as a as, as an African American man who's trying to get ahead but at the same time? Like, you, everyone's not following the rules that we're following. Yeah, I love that. I think, you know, just staying true to who you are mm-hmm. and what you believe. Your 
morals, your value system. Mm -hmm. uh, we should all have a core value system. What are your core values? If you do anything without core values, then you're subject to whatever. Yep. You know what I mean? Because if you get an opportunity and you don't have no core values, then what are you measuring things against what are you saying i will do or i will not do yep. you got to understand where your limits are and where your boundaries are so i think that right there is clear because you can't control nobody around you That's right a fact. and almost sometimes god does place us around majority of the time <clears throat> you know look at jesus he was <laughs> tax collectors murderers you know so your your job isn't to oh, I'm so holy or I have this value system, but they don't let me get away from them. Mm -hmm. It's just to steadfast in who you are and be the example so that maybe through watching you, they can start to develop those value systems for themselves and they may turn around. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, especially like you're in a music industry and stuff like that, there's a lot of, immorality <laughs> um so and there's christians within that community and stuff like that but yeah. i mean you may be the person that i mean obviously you are because you are a consultant and things like that so i'm sure people come to you asking you for advice different things like that and you're able to pull on your experience your life experience your history as a child of God, you know what I mean, to help guide them. So you want to be able to set the tone in a room and not let the tone in the room adjust T your temperature, nah. you know. Um, so there's this thing where they say you want to be a um, like a thermostat, not – I guess a thermometer where it's like you set the temperature instead of adjusting to the temperature. Look at you. You know? She bodied that one, bro. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. She bodied that one. Yeah. So I think that's how. That's dope. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to dive in more into like, you know, uh, being a person of faith in business, God in business. Like yeah. where do they intersect? Where do they, where do they bump heads? Mm -hmm. Like how do you build a multi-million dollar business and still be of the, of, of faith? And yeah, um, what does that look like for you? Because I know you're building something incredible with uh, uh, Blink Fly, right? Yes, yes. Right? And then you have some other entrepreneurs that you're, uh, businesses that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I know you and Rob are doing some incredible things, right? So mm -hmm. how do we, do we want to reach a certain level of financial success? And how does that intersect with? Oh, yes. And the Lord wants us to be I abundant. hope so. Abundant. <laughs> Please? Yes. I believe, uh, honey. Like, is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. And I, listen, I, that's one of the, listen, no. God had to lead me and give me revelation to say that was okay. Yeah. Um. So there are passages in the Bible that supports that he wants us to do well. Okay. You know what I mean? As long as we are keeping him first and not just from the, like, oh, I keep God first, you know, and not really doing the work, but yeah. being obedient, right? Um, but absolutely, I'm royalty. I love the finer things in life. Christianity does not mean struggle life or not. anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, it should be amplified, right? Um, so I feel like, again, it's back to just keeping your value systems, mm -hmm. right? Um, and also just keeping that prayer life up, praying to God, making sure that you're in alignment with his purpose. And I like how you said, like, you dove into your purpose in the midst of your pain, mm -hmm. right? Because I feel like that's healing as well. Entrepreneurship has helped me learn who I was as a person, 
You know what I mean? It really is so beneficial um, because we face challenges. We overcome it. It's about persevering. You fail. You get up. You know what I mean? There's so many life lessons within entrepreneurship um, versus like if you just get up, you got a secure job, you're punching, you know what your check's going to be, whatever. You know what I mean? So it takes a lot of faith to operate in entrepreneurship we dictate our paycheck we dictate how far we're gonna go you know what i mean so i think staying connected to christ helps amplify that you know what i mean because we're constantly checking in with him and then he always say lord go before me you know go before me close the doors that i do not need to be walking in open the doors that are for me you Mm -hmm. know place my name in rooms you know, where I'm not so that opportunities can come to me, you know? Um, so I, I feel like it, it marries together so well because of, again, that component where you can't be an entrepreneur without that kind of blind faith. We're doing stuff just being like, well, I, I believe this is going to work, Yeah, but you don't you definitely really have know to have blind that, faith. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's all about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's crazy. I, 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 this is, and this is why I think it's so important because that perspective mm-hmm. that we just spoke about, I think, is extremely important for people to hear. You don't got to sacrifice one for the other. You don't have to be a Christian, a struggle Christian, or a tr- struggle. In the, <laughs> no, absolutely not. You know, we rebuked that in the yeah. name of Jesus, baby. No, I <laughs> in the name of Jesus, baby. Yes, no. I literally declare and decree abundance over my life. Okay. Yeah. When you think about the holy city and revelations, it was built. And this is another thing going back to, like, the crystals and stuff like that. It's not the crystals themselves that are demonic or whatever. The Lord, God made that stuff. God made everything. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he made it for his delight. It's the power that we give it and the work that we do with it. Yeah. You know, but it, it, it was built with you know, Salcedoni and Emerald, the Emerald City, all that stuff, right? So he delights in beauty, right? We should be upkept as Christian people. You should be well-groomed, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. You should be nice looking, put together, smelling yeah. good. You know, they burned incense and, you know, Jesus was drenched in oils and fragrances like, hello. Yeah. Absolutely. That is our birthright. That's fire. Yes. That's fire. Thanks for that, because, you know. <laughs> and I'll be talking more about you know, that. People say, yes. You know, people say money is the root of all evil. The lack of money is, because people do the worst stuff because they don't have money. <laughs> It's, we could we could have a deeper conversation about that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think people do the worst stuff when they don't have money, and that people I also think people do the worst stuff when they do. That's true. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. I think I you know as as someone who's about to get married here in September, and Ooh, we actually started to schedule. Uh, oh, Rob Tasia called you. All right, cool. <laughs> we got to figure that out. <laughs> um, That's my man, y'all. Yeah. Uh, shout out to <laughs> shout out to Count on Rob. You know what I'm saying. Uh, you know, uh, we just scheduled our, our our marriage counseling. So just in efforts of trying to be a better husband and a better partner, um, I think it's essential for me to start getting closer to God. Yes. Right? And for me, me individually and then us as a couple. Um, right? So I, I ask you, I say this to say, uh, what is your advice to someone like me who is in a relationship and... 
um, is taking this journey, you know, with your significant other and how has that benefited your relationship? And then what are some of the things that I should be on the lookout that might be obstacles um, that I might go through on this journey with my significant other as we take this next, you know, um, path, this threshold and get married? Amen. First of all, I mean, marriage is a covenant. I know like this generation has gone so far from the value system of marriage calling it oh just a contract or whatever no it is a covenant yeah right yes the the world then created uh, contracts and stuff like yeah, that yeah, but sure. it is a covenant right um so god should be at the center of your marriage that's what it was created for um so my advice would just be to prioritize uh time with the lord together um studying the word right that's tough right <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? It's tough to prioritize time right now, just period. I, I know. But even if you did it on your phone on the yeah, go, right? Yeah. As you travel, as you're sit, everything is digital. They have the Bible app. Yeah. Uh, Rob has Gateway. Uh, you know what? The gate, what is it? The Gateway? Bible Gateway? Yeah. Um, so you can highlight stuff on there. You can take notes on there, that's stuff dope. like that. So that's how he chooses to study. Yeah. I'm in the book with a highlighter. You know, I love to be physical still. Um, and we've had some controversy in our relationship <laughs> about that. Cause I'm like, you're not really studying the Bible. You're, <laughs> you're on reading your on phone. your phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I stand corrected in that. However you get it. Yeah. You, <laughs> you gotta get it. I mean? However you get it. But, but we, we have, you know, had talks about that where I felt like it was, it was better to be in the book, but that's my way. Yeah. You know? So however you get it, um, maybe your wife would be the same as me in her book and you are on your phone. Yeah. Um, so sending each other different scriptures, you know what I mean? And it's not like, I remember when I first started studying, well, when I first got my Bible, cause I had never read the Bible prior to me surrendering my life to Christ. And I opened up right at Genesis at the first page. Like I was about to read it like a book. Yeah. <laughs> I was so lost. <laughs> but <laughs> it didn't turn out that way. You know, the Holy Spirit led me to different, different things parts. as I was, you know, getting delivered from certain things. So I'm bouncing all around and that's how you do it. Um, so I would say any challenges that you end up facing, whether it's anger or communication or understanding, find out Um, Because they have a glossary basically in the back of the Bible where you can look up and there's something for everything in the Bible, right? So whatever your challenges are, I would say take it to God and and find out what God says about that. You know, even, um, you know, like the fruits of the spirit, you know, uh, love, the, the definition of love. Love does not boast. You know, love is kind. Love does not keep record. You know what I mean? That's the scripture you just told me? That isn't. Oh, that's fire. That is a biblical definition of love. That's fire. Yes. You can't keep record. You know, you're not boasting in love. You know, we boast in Christ, but we do not boast about worldly things, uh, what we do, whatever, what they don't do. You know, so, um, yeah, I I would just say whatever obstacles you come across, see what God says about it and study it together and have open dialogue and always uh, be open to communicating with each other and also leave that space for um you know just changing and growing and stuff like that yeah um because shoot in relationship and th- i'm giving you stuff that we're in real time like we're yeah. working on and we're doing because no, no, that's what we do yeah. you know what i mean um we have our challenges and we have our differences and it's usually me because i'm so <laughs> 
Christ crazy right now. Like, yeah. um, you know, so I'm always like sending him stuff and I'm like, well, this is what the Bible say. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Robbie, like, Robbie, like, man. Yeah. He's great because he's open minded. Okay. And he is a man of God. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, but we backslide and do things. You know what I mean? So he got back into the world and just was doing his thing. So God sent me to pull him back in. And that's what we're doing. That's so, fire. But yeah, that's that's what I do. I, I, what does the Bible say about this? Now let's talk about it. What's your interpretation of this? What do you think about this? This is what I think about this. And just keep a healthy, open line of communication. Yeah. That's fire. Um, I think that might be close. But I, I feel like I have so much more I want to ask you. Like uh, the churches that you love going to, give me like your top three. You go to you guys go to church now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go to a church in Aliquippa called Sound the Alarm. That's mad I was far. Led there, I know it's yeah, <laughs> uh, but I'm still discovering. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is new for me. Um, I got baptized by another church. Uh, I was going there, starting out. I just recently transferred to Sound the Alarm. So, uh, but I did go to like um, Mount Arid. Like, years ago, I went there, um, not, like, as a member or faithfully or anything like that. So, yeah, I'm still exploring. So, I'll update the podcast with that at another time. But this was great. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Um, Thank you for opening up and sharing your story and your battles. Yeah. Um, As we close out, though, I want to know, what are your hopes Okay, so we'll do two. You're about to be married, yeah. right? And you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. So give me your hope for marriage and your fear for marriage and your hope for your entrepreneurial journey and your fear for your entrepreneurial journey. Hope for marriage, fear for marriage. Um, uh, that's, a, that's a good one. Uh, my hope, I hope, I guess my hope for our marriage is uh, that I love Taser just as much as I did when I first met her um, six years from now. And nothing gets in the way of that. Um, My fear is that life will life, and we won't be able to find a common ground when it does life um, to remember why we chose this path. So when we have constant conversations of what, the, you know, we've been talking off and on here for 10 years. So we find ourselves in spaces where like we're far from each other yeah. and we find ourselves in spaces where we're close to yeah. each other. So we talk about those peaks and valleys of love mm-hmm. um, intentionally and what is it, what do we have to do to get closer? And then understanding sometimes being further away matters. Yes. And it's necessary uh, for entrepreneur. Uh, I, I, as an entrepreneur, my fear, my hope and my fear is uh, I've been through what I feared as an entrepreneur, which is having um, tremendous success and being unhappy. Mm. Um, yeah. My hope is that I continue on this path of of helping people and, and, and building something special that has an impact. Um, and as I get further along in this thing, not losing myself in the process and being intentional and checking myself and being accountable as I grow and continue to grow. So, yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate being your first guest. I, I didn't even know you was going to pop this on me as being your first <laughs> guest, but thank I you for love having this. Me. Yeah, it was great. I think it was perfect. Yeah. 
Um, so thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just wanted to give you a taste of what to expect from Shalea for real. You know, we have real conversations. This was a really real, raw conversation. Definitely um, wasn't practice. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't rehearsed. It wasn't nothing. Like, I don't even know if people rehearse podcasts, but <laughs> straight, you know, straight, genuine uh, conversation. And again, I thank you. And uh, I look forward to working together yeah. further. You know, you helping me with the podcast behind the scenes because yeah. you are a marketing consultant and everything like well, that. You so. killed this one, though. Did I? Yeah, you, you Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, yeah, I'll be I'll be working with you, yeah. Michael, coming forward. Yeah. Yeah, in business. But you, you're my brother. Yeah. Too. So Let's figure it I out. appreciate you. Yeah. So tune in. We'll be dropping an episode once a week. Uh, we're going to start, this first one's going to go up, uh, June 26th, actually, which is my sister's birthday. Oh, so man. we talked about my sister. Um, so her birthday is June 26th. I always try to find a way to like incorporate her in something. So I want to drop and wow, the way that this podcast went, it's like so fitting. It's perfect. I, didn't even, I forgot you told me that. Yep. Yep. So we're going to drop this on, you'll be seeing this. June 26th, and then every Monday thereafter. Yeah. So I can't wait to see your guests that you have on here. Yeah, I'm excited. We're, we're going to dig into some stuff. I, I'm so excited to get real and raw and get to the souls Shalea of people. Real. Shalea for real. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Woo. Wow. That oh, that one. was amazing. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you.